What's cracking, big dose? Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to the headquarters. This is Big Dogs Gotta Eat. B D G E Fantasy Football. My name is Nicholas. Today is Saturday, which means it is Q and A Saturday. If you want to join Q and A Saturday. Y'all must, actually, I have the wrong fucking board up there, but you can go sign up on Patreon, patreon.com slash BDGE, which will get you access to the Discord. I am here to answer any and all questions y'all may have for life, for liberty, for the pursuit of happiness, but mainly for fantasy football. Is there ever, is there ever a time to keep yelling and untuck the shirt? Yes, there are there are plenty of times to continue yelling and untuck the shirt. I will not exemplify them on live air, though. What's up, everybody? What up, E-Cube, Jake Knight, Devin, Jeff, Tyler, Zach, Flacco, Gabriel was good. How are we doing on this beautiful Saturday? How are we living? What do you guys got going on this weekend? Are we all in COVID-invested uh, Corona zones? Are we able to go out? Are we able to enjoy the intricacies of life? Or is that just not a possibility right now? All right. <sighs> How much do you like AJ Brown this year? I like him. He is a good friend of mine. All right. Thoughts on what to do if the season ends early? We have our league meeting for the E-Town Get Down draft on Monday. So we're going to go over that, and that will be this week's episode of Fade the Public. So you will, you'll, you'll get a, a behind-the-scenes glimpse of what we're actually doing for our league. I don't know what we're going to end up doing. We'll probably throw out a few proposals and see what people want to do. I'm assuming we're going to run it as normal. Um, to be honest with you, man, I, if the season ends early, I feel, I feel like no one should be awarded the championship. Like, I'm down to try to run it through the 16 normal weeks. If it ends in week 8 or 9, like, I'm not really about to crown whoever was in first place or whoever had the most points the champion. I just feel like that's fucking fraudulent, and I don't want any place of that. But we'll see what the, what the league wants. I think, like, it's important to kind of get a gauge for the other league mates that you're going to be playing with, the dudes that are going to be paying money. So, like, I'm not I, – I could care less about the money that we end up throwing in and, like, trying to win that. It's nice at the end of the year, you know, diversify the revenue a little bit. But – all in all, the chip is is the most important thing. And if I win a fraudulent chip, I feel like a farce. I feel like anti-big facts. So, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not really set in stone on what we're going to be doing with our leagues yet. But I'm probably in favor of like if it ends early, um, canceling the league, uh, canceling the like the championship and giving the money back. What's up, Tyler? Golfing with animal looks like a blast. Yeah, when we edit it that way. Are you just dropping D. Williams now? Realistically, his value just went from possible hero to zero. Yeah, I, you know what? It sucks because I have him in one of my leagues, and I took him like in the seventh round of a startup last offseason. And, uh, and now I don't really know what to do because what's funny is like when the players opt out, they're not actually eligible 
for the COVID IR spot. The uh, the platform that I do that Dynasty League on that I have Damian Williams in is on Flea Flicker. And they opened up. They actually allowed you to throw players on the IR that are on the COVID list. But dudes that opt out aren't technically on the COVID list, right? They don't have COVID. They didn't test positive for it or no shit like that. So I put you in a bad predicament and it will take up an entire space on your roster. I don't want to say Damian Williams is really like droppable, but if you need the room or if you find like a really good waiver target that you want to pick up and he's like your only option to drop, I'm not, I'm not against it at all. Skirt. Jack Conklin impact. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking massive. Huge upgrade for Cleveland, big downgrade for Tennessee. And I've said this before, but, Looking back at last year's grading, rankings, whatever, um, shut your mouth, Noah and Michael. Um, they had the fourth best run blocking line in the NFL per football outsiders, Tennessee did. They were 32nd, dead last in pass blocking. I don't know what this move is going to mean, but I do know like the drastic shifts that we see in offensive line play year over year always happen by way of losing or gaining an offensive lineman, typically in free agency, sometimes through the draft, but normally those guys take like a year or two to develop into players that are actual game changers. But like lines don't just get better because of fucking luck and unluck and, and regression and that kind of shit. Like this is the type of move that could impact an offensive line. So while I think like Derrick Henry's volume is, you know, intact and there's no way he gets fewer than 350 touches this year. How efficient are those touches? I don't really know, man. I, I think there's definitely an impact to be had. I think it's a huge upgrade for for Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt back there, and especially Baker Mayfield. Um, so, yeah, de definitely a big impact. Not something to be overlooked. Skirt. Hey, where are the likes at? Yeah, what the fuck? We got 33 people in here, five likes. Grow up. Grow up. This is the way I know you've tucked your shirt in. It's by hitting the thumbs up button. That's really what YouTube originally intended the thumbs up button for. They're like, okay, we need to make sure everyone's prepared for videos. As soon as you guys tuck your shirt in, hit the thumbs up button so we know to let this thing flow. That was a rumor going around. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but rookie draft. I have picks two and five. Can you give me realistic expectations for Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Aker, CD, and Dobbins? I mean, that's a very loaded question. I like the best I could do is give you best I could do is you look at my rankings. Like guys, I'm not, I, I'll, I'll put this on record from now on. I'm not going to do any questions where it's just straight up player or player. Like all those can be answered just by looking at my rankings. If you have outside of the box questions or like want more in-depth kind of shit, more than happy to do so. But 90% of the questions like that could be kind of answered through it. Uh, it would be in that in that scenario for rankings, it would be JT, DeAndre Swift, Dobbins, Akers, CD. So I would pick them in that order, depending on who's available. Who is more valuable in half PPR, Chris Carson or Jarvis? I like that I just rant for 45 minutes about how I'm not going to answer this, but then I'm going to answer it. Chris Carson. Mm -hmm. uh, the fourth pick in a rookie draft trading up for CEH and no brainer. Uh, I mean, it's always going to depend on what you have to give up. Like I love, I love Swift. I really, really love Deandre Swift. I think he's, 
I, I really think he's going to eventually be the next um, Dalvin Cook in the NFL and for fantasy. So if you're going to have to give up a whole shitload to do it, I'm not going to go crazy for it. But if you're competing right now, you need that extra RB slot. I mean, CH is going to return RB1 value this year. So it, it depends. Please explain what you mean by diversify the revenue. Uh, I forget what I even said in relevance to that, but I mean, it, it applies in all aspects of life. You want to diversify the revenue. You never want to get stuck selling one product. You never want to get stuck on one platform. You never want to get stuck investing into only one player. So we'll work backwards on that. What I mean by diversify the revenue, if you're in multiple fantasy leagues, and I'm assuming since you guys are here fucking with me in the beginning of August, you're probably big-time fantasy football players, meaning you're in multiple leagues. The, the baseline of this principle is understanding and acknowledging that none of us are that good at fantasy football. Like, projection-wise, we all are trash, right? At best, we'll hit on 60% of the players that we like. The other 40% are guys that we're going to either like and they're going to do terrible or guys that we hate and we're going to fade and they're going to do great. So knowing that, acknowledging that you're not going to hit on 100% of your picks, if you're in multiple leagues, diversify the players that you pick. Or there are times, like last year, I, I fortunately, like Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones are my two highest owned players. So shit was fucking nice. The revenue was good. But there are a lot of examples of that going completely wrong. And I use this example pretty fucking often because it's a good one. Last year, we had that tier of like five wide receivers going from picks, you know, 11 through 16 or whatever. And in that tier, you had Juju and you had Michael Thomas, right? Neither of them were like the number two or one wide receivers, but they were typically anywhere from like the four or six wide receiver. And if you're in multiple leagues and you're picking at the 202 or the 204 or whatever, and you went with and you loved Juju going into last year and you went with him in both leagues, you're fucked. Even if you didn't like Michael Thomas last year, the smart play would have been to diversify. It just it's also more enjoyable when you get to uh when you get to like root for more players. It makes Sundays not as anxiety filled because even if you're like, ah fuck, that wasn't my guy, like, oh wait, I had him in another league. So I'm telling you, the, the underlying principle is the fact that we're all gonna get shit wrong. So under, so so get some players that you don't like in some leagues. Get some uh, so fall back some from some players that you do like in other leagues. And I promise you, your teams will do a lot better that way. It makes Sundays a lot more enjoyable. Now, diversifying the platforms. This is actually a great fucking day. This is the perfect question for you to ask on this day because last night there were reports, and I don't know when this is coming or if it's even fucking true. But Donald Trump is going to shut down TikTok in the United States. Like most people don't give a shit, right? Like you enjoy TikTok, but your life is not going to be changed in any certain way. But for the people over the last year that have created a following, that have created legitimate businesses, that have created an audience, their livelihood based around TikTok, they just got everything pulled from them. Okay. You have to diversify the platforms. YouTube. Imagine Trump woke up tomorrow and was in a weird fucking mood. And he was like, we're taking down YouTube because they're discriminating against me. And he just put an executive power on that. My business. Well, we'd be pretty fucked, to be honest with you, because this is my main platform. But you've got to diversify the revenue amongst other platforms. That's why we're building on Instagram. That's why we have an email list of over 10,000 people. That's why we're on. That's why Twitter is over 10. You know, like we want to be everywhere so that if something like craziness, this year has been filled with fucking craziness, right? Corona, fucking all this shit. Anything can happen at any point, right? 
So you've got to diversify what you're doing all the time, because as soon as you get lazy, as soon as you start depending on one thing, you make yourself very vulnerable. That's in business. That's in life. That's in fantasy. Motherfucking football. Let's go. Hmm. Let's answer some real questions now. Have you thought of putting picks in your dynasty rankings and have them be differently ranked for rebuilding and competing? Uh, that's probably above the manpower that we have at Big Dogs right now. Although Mike is really fucking nice on the keyboard when it comes to like formulas and shit. I think, listen, I, I think for the most part, the stuff that we do best is, is, I think I can confidently say we're the best all around content creation brand in fantasy football. I don't feel weird saying it anymore. I think there are plenty of websites and apps and whatever that are way more analytical, that have way better fucking tools than we do. But I think that we do our best shit being ourselves, branding, and creating content that's not only enjoyable for y'all, entertaining, but valuable. So those are the shit we stick with, right? We don't invest a ton of time into giving you the best tools because there's always going to be someone that does that better, okay? But no one can be us better than us so long story short on your question i those kind of tools i don't know we're probably very far off that though i i gave mike and noah a two-year window to create a trade calculator for dynasty so if they can come up with that by 2022 them shits will diversify the revenue for us is darius guys finally going to do something yes he fucking is bro darius guys the, the problem with Geis is I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sold on him being good to go for the year. Like, I, I think he'll get in a good 14 games this year. I think he'll be on the field more often than not. However, he's just in the worst situation. Like, objectively, you could like Geis as much as you want. You could put Zeke right now in that Washington backfield. You know he's going to give you 16 games, 15 games at the fewest. And I'm still not comfortable really taking him, you know, before, like, maybe inside the top 10 picks. It's just... There are, there are a lot of red flags that can go really, really wrong in Washington. Like, their, their offensive line lost their best piece, obviously. They're going to be a pretty shitty offensive line. There's a 50-50 there's a coin flip that Haskins absolutely tanks this entire offense. They have 1,000 running backs in that backfield. So as much as you can like Geis' talent, objectively, there are so many things that can go wrong. So I think what Geis will do is this is a good year to buy him. Because I think he'll stay healthy and he'll put up a productive year. You know, he'll average 4.4 yards per carry, maybe six rushing touchdowns, eight or 800 or 900, maybe 1,000 yards on the ground, not be involved as a three-down feature workhorse. But if he does that, if he shows a promising year, guess what? Next year, he's only 20 fucking four years old. And now you've got Geis in his prime with a team that's hopefully ascending by that time. So Geis is not a guy I'm looking to draft and redraft because the situation is so bad on top of the injury risk. Um, but Chubb... Nicholas Chubb, on the other hand, is a guy that I'm starting to warm bike up to. Like when the summer first started, I was like, yeah, Chubb seems like a good end of first round pick. Then the more I looked into Hunt, the more I looked into his involvement, the more I started to back off Chubb as someone I want to invest early draft capital in. He's still not a first round pick for me, but seeing as how I want to invest my first two picks in running backs for the most part, obviously going to depend on where, like if you're the 101, there's a good chance that you're not getting one of those top tier running backs on the way back. On the way bike, excuse me. Um, but Chubb is like a middle second round guy that I would be happy to have. He just, he's too good 
to not give you such a high floor. And there are, you know, there are a few things. If things break right, he can give you a ridiculous ceiling too. I think that the additions of Conklin and their first round pick this year, along with Kevin Stefanski being a really running back focused offensive scheme guy. I mean, Chubb's going to get so many touches. Maybe they're not the most valuable touches, but I feel like he's not, he's not a guy that I'm fading. I just, you know, the ceiling is really hard to envision with Kareem Hunt there. So. Jay Ambitious, good question. So he says, how much does six point per passing touchdown increase QB value in Superflex? Initial thought is that it makes the elite touchdown passers more elite, creating more separation from other quarterbacks here, similar to tight end premium. So I think you hit the nail on the head. And it's funny that you asked this because I'm in the middle of writing the Big Dogs Bible. The Big Dogs Bible, the last major, major update for our draft guide, which again, y'all can literally get for 10 bucks if you go through Monkey Knife Fight. Deposit 10 bucks on Monkey Knife Fight and play a game on their website. You will get email access to the draft guide by the time that you play your game. The Bible goes live at some point this upcoming week. I haven't put a hard date on it. I want to say it was like August 5th or 6th or something like that. But the Bible is basically this giant article I write looking at all the trends I've seen from the last five or six months, right? I've been doing this content for a while. So I know what's happening in fantasy. I know where players are moving and shifting. I know what strategy is probably peak optimal fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger type strategy this year. And uh, I break it down by position. So quarterbacks, running backs, wide receiver, tight end, and what you should be doing in each position group. And I always put a little disclaimer when it comes to this question. I actually literally just wrote this question up last night because I always get this question. Six point per passing touchdown. Now, it does not, it does not, 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 not move the value of the quarterback position up for me. You said it correctly. What it does is it changes the actual rankings within your quarterback position, right? The guys who are mobile get a little pull bike. The guys who throw a lot of touchdowns upgrade. So the way I would give you a realistic example is this. You know, if you're torn on right now, I believe per FFPC, Mahomes is actually the 23rd quarterback off the board or the 23rd player off the board. Lamar Jackson is 24th. So they're right next to each other. If you're trying to decide between those two in a six point per passing touchdown league, I probably go with Mahomes. In a four, I probably go with Jackson. Later on in the quarterback tier, you know, you could look at like Josh Allen is pretty unanimously ranked above Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. However, in a six point per passing touchdown league, I'm taking Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz over Josh Allen, even though I think I already have them ranked over Josh Allen to begin with. But you get the point. So for me, I, I don't necessarily want to say that it, it it will give Patrick Mahomes himself a little bit of a boost. But overall, it, it skews the rankings within quarterback, not so much the actual value, because the value that quarterbacks have in Superflex is created by scarcity within the position. There's just not a lot of quarterbacks to choose from, right? There's only 32 teams, and you automatically have 24 quarterbacks starting in a position in a Superflex league. So that's where the actual positional value uh, comes from. But in terms of the rankings, that's where they start shifting. CEH over Henry now. So... Again, this is a ranking question, but I think I should dive into CEH a little bit more. I made the video so you guys can go watch the actual video that I had uh, right after CEH, the Damian Williams opting out news broke. So CEH moved up behind Derrick Henry. He is still behind Derrick Henry for me. I would not fault you for taking him over Derrick Henry in a full PPR league, though. I'll be honest. I haven't heard this from anyone, and I don't know how sticky this will be. 
And this is probably basically the opposite of what anyone else has said. Everyone's really excited about CEH in a PPR league. I would say if there's one concern I have for CEH, it is actually the number of passes that he's going to catch in this offense. And let me tell you why. Like, he was a fantastic pass catcher in college. LSU last year, what did he catch? 55 fucking passes, which is ridiculous for a college running back. In the Kansas City offense, though, I was looking at, you know, 2018 when Mahomes was the starter for the full year, he targeted running backs at a rate of 17%. The league average was 21%. So he was well below the league average. You had teams like New Orleans, New England, uh, the Chargers, who were targeting their running backs on like 28, 29, 30% of their passes. Huge discrepancy between the Chiefs and, and the teams that really like to target their running backs. When I look at Patrick Mahomes, he is not a dump-off guy. Like, Patrick Mahomes is a downfield thrower. Patrick Mahomes does not settle for dump-offs. He does not like to look for the easy pass. That is not how he plays quarterback. That's not how Andy Reid's scheme is set up. So while by default, I like see... Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. H will probably catch, you know, three passes a game. I don't, I, I'm having a hard time believing that Patrick Mahomes being the quarterback that he is in Kansas City is going to be looking for those dump offs. And I don't blame him because when you have Tyree Kill, who literally can't get far enough away from opposing defenders, like you cannot cover that motherfucker. Travis Kelsey cannot be covered by linebackers and safeties. There's a reason why he throws downfield so much. There's a reason why he throws to Nicole Hardman downfield, to Mar Demarcus Robinson downfield. That's the type of player he is, man. I just don't think that that's his first read typically. So that along with like DeAndre Washington is a good pass country back. And he's a guy who I think will rotate in a little bit. Now, I'm not like, this is not me saying that like CEH needs to be dropped out of the first round because DeAndre Washington is there. But I'm saying the risk that might be involved with a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, since we've never seen how they operate this offense with him there. What if DeAndre Washington is the two-minute drill guy or the four-minute drill guy, you know, when they're doing hurry-up offense? What if he's the guy on the field and not Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? That's usually the difference between catching five or six passes a game, like an Alvin Kamara, and catching two or three passes a game, where that doesn't really typically propel you to elite fantasy status unless you're putting up 1,300, 1,400 on the ground. Um, the other thing, too, is like this team – the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be fucking incredible. They're going to be scoring at will. How often does that dictate the need for the running backs to catch the ball? Like, they're not going to have garbage time. They're not going to have those last the last quarter of the game where they're just passing it at a 90% rate, right? So I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I think if something goes wrong with CEH, the stem of it will actually be, surprisingly, against the majority of people and what they're saying about CEH in the passing game. I still think he's probably good for like 10 or 11 rushing touchdowns. But 
needed to get that off my chest. All right. Needed to make that official. Needed to get that on the record. So then when that happens and people are like, wow, we never could have seen this coming. Nick told me to draft him six. Bitch, I, 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 it's what it's. IT apostrophe S. What? IT apostrophe S. Skirt. Do you think John Brown can be a good three wide receiver or wide receiver three or low two with Diggs getting more coverage? Yeah, John Brown's a guy I'm absolutely not touching in redraft leagues, man. It's just, it's, no, just absolutely nothing. Like, he was fine last year, but I don't want to pretend like he was fucking amazing for fantasy. Like, he was someone that you were okay with rolling out as your wide receiver three, and now you add an actual alpha to the offense that's run first and with an inaccurate quarterback. Like, I'm, do yourself a favor and don't don't draft John Brown. A couple videos ago, you talked about firing up Big Dog's redraft leagues in August. Is that still a work in progress, or do you have any more details? I will speak to Noah and Mike tomorrow night when we film the bunk bed breakdowns for this week. And yes, that is still a thing. We have to figure out logistics in terms of when we want to start them and when we want to close them. Because there's still obviously organization that goes into starting those leagues. So we can't really push them all the way up until like the day before actual NFL season. But yeah, we should have them going up in August. So if any of you guys out there are looking for leagues, maybe your pussy league mates want to actually close down the league because they're scared of COVID, whatever. Y'all can join Big Dogs Leagues. They are going to be paid leagues. I saw a question about if they're going to be free leagues. We might open up free leagues for redraft. The problem with like doing free leagues, especially for Dynasty, we don't have any more free Dynasty startups is because like it just becomes a shit show when it comes to replacing players like people drop out and leave all the time and just like won't answer any of the contacts between you because they have nothing on the line so it's just like fuck them fuck them so paid leagues but even if you put down twenty dollars you've got something going on you got something invested so those will be going uh you'll have to become a patreon member to join those leagues though patreon.com forward slash b d g e and you could throw an extra 10 bucks down and get the draft guide Skirt. All right. All right. What pick do you think Cam is worth in a Superflex tight end premium dynasty league? Uh, this is such a tough question. Cam's a guy in a, in a startup draft that I'm not going to be drafting unless he falls to a pretty good value. He's not a guy I'm targeting. I think you can make the argument both ways. I think you can make the argument that he's still young. And if he shows, if he has a good year, there's a chance that the Patriots or some other team come in and sign him for like three to four years to be their starting quarterback, right? He's on a prove it deal right now. Plays well. He can get a three for 60 deal or three for 50 deal next off season as a starter somewhere else. And in that case, whatever you invested into him in a super flex dynasty league, you obviously recoup that investment. The ROI, the revenue is fucking gorgeous. Problem is like, he isn't that young. Things could go poorly. He's got a long injury history, and I tend not to draft risky quarterbacks in Superflex leagues because you don't have the luxury of the waiver wire. Not in Superflex leagues. You just, you're not going to find quarterbacks on the waiver wire ever. So, again, uh, depending on where his ADP is, and the ADP actually just dropped. New Dynasty ADP from July's Big Dog Startups, all paid leagues, so legit ADP. Dropped in the draft guide this morning. Just another reason for you all to cop that shit. Uh, let me check for you guys actually right now where Cam went. I don't remember when he signed. It was probably was it in June? I hope it was in June because otherwise this ADP will be kind of skewed. It'll be like halfway through when he signed. Dynasty ADP data, July 2020. 2020. 
Let's go. What was your league setting again? Let me look it up because we've got four different league types for ADP. We have Superflex, tight end premium, non tight end, half PPR, full PPR. So we got Superflex, tight end premium. All right, you didn't give a half or full. So we're just going to go with half, tight end premium. Where's Cam? Cam Newton. Cam's going 71st overall, quarterback 21. That is the second to last pick of round six. Still, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I think maybe that's around where he should be targeted if you want him. I probably don't feel comfortable until he falls into the seventh round. I just think there are like six people going in the sixth round right now of startups for Superflex. Guys like Cooper Cup, Sam Darnold, Jerry Judy, Melvin Gordon. Uh, like I would take Darnold, who's got 10 years, not 10 years, but like seven or eight years on Cam. And Cam's a guy that's just too risky for me to actually grab him at value. I'd rather wait. If he do, if I miss him, whatever. If I if I get him, then that's cool. I got him for value. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Chubb is a very aggressive running style and is higher risk to get injured. Uh yeah, that feels like a feels like a non a non big fact. Feels like a non medical opinion from a non doctor. Cleveland has the same coach in OC this year. Uh no, they do not. They have Kevin Stefanski coming in as the head coach. Max the animal is a farce. Max, the animal is a farce. Max, the animal is a farce. Love that. Hurst in a rookie draft, where should he go? So he's available in your rookie draft. Uh, Not a first-round pick, but I'm cool grabbing him in the second. He's easily the highest-ranked tight end amongst himself and rookies. It's like Adam Troutman is my T1 in rookie drafts, but Hurst is a whole nother tier above him. He's already got NFL experience, so you don't have to wait for the two or three years that we normally have to wait. And uh, yeah, Hurst is a second round pick there. All right. Fuck. Can confirm non-big fact. Chris Carson would be the physical style of running that gets hurt. This is real life room facts. Facts. Uh, say Max smokes mids on the show. Max smokes mids on the show. It's a fact. I need you to tell me to do that. Dynasty, super flex, tight end premium, full PPR, start. You asking me a fucking week one sit start questions right now? I take that I take that with a fucking hint of personal disrespect. So watch your mouth. There's there's absolutely no league in a dynasty. And there's no dynasty league in which you have to cut one of those guys. And if you're in a dynasty league where you need to cut one of those guys, then you need to leave that dynasty league unless the commissioner opens up 10 more bench spots. 
Next best drink after a Marg. Good question. I am a big fan of Moscow Mules. I love White Russians too. White Russians, Moscow Mules. Depends the time of the day. Depends what I'm doing. Like if I'm out somewhere, then I'm a big Moscow Mule guy if there's no marks or if I don't feel like fucking having this shit storm of a hangover from marks. Hunt. Um, so, yeah, Moscow Mule, White Russian. Listen, I'm not like above. I'm, I'm still, I, I, I feel like I'll always be in college mode. Like, I'm not above shitty drinks. I'm not above getting desperate and throwing shitty vodka and mixing it up with some shitty chaser and fucking getting down. It, like, I'd, I just don't think that part of me will ever leave. I don't know if I'll ever grow up. I have started drinking tequila on the rocks, though. There's a great fucking tequila. It's called Ocho. Ocho is the silver, not the fucking dark one. I could drink that on the rocks all day. But that all also usually leads to really downhill behavior. You don't want to drink straight tequila because you think you're like mature and you think you're like, okay, sipping it before you know, you just drank like five glasses of tequila. You might as well have had 17 marks. Also just fuck with beer, white claw, whatever, bro. Just fucking shove it down my face. Hunt trade value and PPR dynasty worth a first. Uh, yeah, I would, I would give up a first for hunt. Well, let me ask you, like if, if you didn't have your rookie draft yet then it would depend where the first is but i would probably give up a future first for kareem hunt right now because his value is only going to go up after this year favorite late round quarterback uh i mean the list is kind of endless depends how depends how late we're talking depends like what size your league is um let's look at some of the guys i think jared goff's gonna be fine bouncing back i think uh Derek Carr and Gardner Minshew are my favorite, like, late, late round guys. You know, if you really miss on, like, the top 18 or 20 guys, Derek Carr and Minshew are my fucking boys this year. Ryan Tannehill is continuously going off the board at, like, quarterback 20 um, in that, like, 12 to 16 range. I honestly think all the guys in the 12 to 16 range are, like, perfectly fine. Goff, Rodgers, Daniel Jones, and who else? Like, Stafford. I think all those guys are fine as, as later round quarterbacks. Wow, I didn't even realize. I just went straight to fucking Russians. Both fucking white Ruski drinks, huh? I'm a Ru- I actually am part Russian. Ah, fuck. Hold up, I gotta change something on the draft guide. I'm a moron. I just sent out an email saying it was at a discounted price, and I didn't change the price. I'll tell you what. I'm a good I'm a I'm a good visionary guy when it comes to business. Sometimes the details really miss me. I'm not a guy who likes to get stuck in details when it comes to like doing petty shit. Oh, what the fuck was I doing? Members, memberships. Yeah, we gotta change the price on these bad boys. I'm a moron. The draft guide, for those of y'all that cannot access it via monkey knife fight, we are Uh, discounting the draft guide for the next 27 hours. Shout out to Vladimir Guerrero, the realist that's ever done it. For the next 27 hours, it's going to be 30% off. So the kit of Rookie Dynasty and Season Long is now at $36. 
The rookie dynasty kit is at $17, I think. And the season long is at $20. So we just dropped everything 30% or 33%. I don't remember what the fuck I said in the email. I just make shit up. This is how unofficial like most businesses probably are, I think. Maybe that's just me. I just like say shit and I lie. And I change the price on things. I'm just kidding. So BigDogsDraftGuy.com, they will be on sale for the next 27 hours. If you uh, are in a state that's not eligible for the Monkey Knife Fight promo, uh, which still is by far and away the cheapest and most valuable deal that y'all can get to get the draft guide, MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Deposit 10 bucks. Use the promo code BDGE and play a game on there. And you'll get access to the entire website, BigDogsDraftGuy.com. And for all you fucking broke boys, we're on sale, baby. Yeah, I fuck with Agave. What tips, tools, tricks do you use to quickly evaluate a trade offer? Um, I think like the first thing is if it involves picks, I can, I, I, in my head, I could usually do like a very quick analysis of whether or not I value the picks. Like anyone who's trying to trade me next year picks, like first rounders, second rounders next year, automatically devalued because I don't think we're going to have a college football season. And thus, like our picks are going to be fucking terrible in rookie drafts next year. So I devalue those immediately. Uh, then I usually go by roster construction. And I'm like, do I need this piece? Is this going to help me win a chip? Um, is the value there? My favorite actual, like, if I'm going to go to a real product or app or something, it is the app from... Roto Underworld. It's the Dynasty Dominator trade app, I think. Um, let me see if I have it. I think I do. Yeah, this is it right here. This is my favorite trade app. I think it's like four ninety nine on the iTunes store or whatever fucking stores he has it available on. This is a very good trade trade calculator. It's got like different setups like Superflex and tight end premium and half PPR or whatever. So that's, that's my favorite one to go to. If I'm just like, if I'm too lazy to really think about shit and I put it in there and it's just like the numbers are way off, I'll just be like, okay, it's a shit trade. But for the most part, I mean, I've been playing for long enough that I could usually do my own dirty work. Tips for freshman year of college. Woo boy. How much fucking time do you got? Uh, man, tips for freshman year of college. Freshman year of college is an absolute ball. Like, have as much fun as you possibly can. Be as dumb as you possibly can within within a reasonable range of the law. Don't become a fucking drug addict. But enjoy drinking and, you know, experiment with things completely. Uh, don't be afraid to shoot your shot with any girl that walks by that you're into. On, a, on an educational level, is not... It's not nerdy to enjoy fucking academic things like this. Listen, you got you got four years to really figure out what it is you love in college for the rest of your life. Like most kids let the four years pass them by like they they let the four years happen to them instead of like dominating those four years. You know, college, I don't want to say college is a vacation because it shouldn't be, but it should be about figuring out like what it is you actually enjoy and then working towards that, you know, like really keep your mind open to things like understand that after college, like you're eventually going to get fucking old. 
you're eventually going to grow up and you're eventually going to have to work a full-time job or pursue things that you're interested in. So use that time to build a foundation for who you are as a person and what you're interested in. If there's something that catches your attention, you know, and you find yourself fucking up at night on the computer researching it all the time, like that's the direction you need to be going in and understand that those four years are going to be the best years for doing so because you don't have a lot of responsibility other other than like just going to classes and shit. But if you figure out what it is that you enjoy early on, the class shit, uh, the class shit really sh- can take a backseat to that. I'll be 100% like I finished college. Um, I didn't have this going on when I was in school, but if I was at this point right now, and I was like in my junior year of college, I 100% would have dropped out. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm not condoning dropping out, but if you have something that you're extremely focused on and you know that's gonna be what your life is wrapped around and it makes sense for you financially, just just keep your mind open to these things. Understand that like this, these four years are about, um, are about trying to figure who you are out as a person. You know, like you go into college, they throw you into a bubble with 5,000 other people, um, with 5,000 other people that also have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Don't worry about what other people think. Like I'm telling you, being smart and being intelligent is the most, is the single most attractive thing in the fucking world. Once you are over 25, being passionate, being excited about something and being intelligent is literally like the only thing I look for in people nowadays. I promise you. So you're going to get out of those four years of college and wish that you had focused on something that you actually enjoyed doing. So don't be afraid to chase that shit. Also, yes, wrap it up. No matter how clean she looks, no matter how good it feels without it wrapped, no matter how bad she begs you to hit the walls raw, don't do it. Last thing you need is a fucking baby mama in college. There goes your fucking fantasy football research. I'm actually going to leave y'all on that because that's about that's about all the energy and that's about all the advice I can give to you youngins out there. And we're about, what are we, 30, I usually like to go 45 minutes or so. 41 minutes. Jesus, Rich. Jesus, pretty Richie. Don't do the smell test. If, if you're doing the smell test... You're already too late. If your nose is by downstairs, you're fucked. You're fucked, Rich. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I need to leave after Pretty Richie's last comment. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in for today. If you enjoyed the video, please make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Y'all can always, you know, throw more questions into the Discord. We got a community of mainly like four fucking people yelling back and forth at each other but nonetheless someone will answer your question in there if you want to jump into the to the live stream with me live next saturday make sure you sign up at patreon.com slash bdge and cops a draft guide otherwise i'll pass away until monday this is the story of the one As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.